Hey everyone, this is episode six of Candor's Candor. Welcome. Uh, I'm Dreamweaver, your friendly neighborhood community manager, and I'm here once again with Kyle Candor Valley, our creative director. I just want to take a quick moment at the beginning of this week's podcast and really, really just thank forum user Mercy Chalice. They have been putting up transcripts for our hard of hearing and deaf listeners to read on the forums. And they are not only incredibly good at doing those transcripts very, very quickly, but getting them up in uh, just a really timely manner and a bunch of those other things. So if you see Mercy Chalice on the forums, and I don't know if they use Discord, but if you see them on Discord, please be sure to thank them for the time that they're spending on this. Uh, one, it's really cool because it's something that I wanted to do but don't quite have time to at this point. And it's just it's really great for our entire community to hopefully be able to engage with this content. And Mercy Chalice is a big part of that. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you for that, uh, for taking your time to do that and for spending the time on it. And we're going to get right into the questions this week because we have quite a few. Uh, the first set is from forum user and Discord user Ripit. Uh, it's TLE specific. Rip it for the first part of the question. Would love to know the thought process behind removing what can easily be classified as the most nostalgic or defined part of the game, set bonuses. So, Kyle? Yeah, set bonuses are a weird kind of creature. They're, they, I lump them in with stuff that was implemented quickly back in the day, um, you know, a lot of things happened in EQ2 because things happened elsewhere and someone went, we got to do set bonuses. And um, so one, set bonuses are really hard to deal with. They're very hard to work with. Um, two, they're completely imbalanced. And, and so there's a, there's a bunch of different lines of thinking, but I'll, I'll try to go through all of them. Is A, already TLE players are so powerful it's a massive effort for us to make content that's even a challenge for them. And these set bonuses, like especially, I wanna, I wanna point out like expansion three, expansion four, some of them are really unbalanced, some of them are really powerful. So A, to balance the content with these set bonuses in game is, is very difficult. And basically what you're doing is, is you're, you're, you're setting up the people. If you're balancing for the set bonuses, then the people that don't have the set bonuses don't have a chance, as, you know, it's a snowball's chance in hell of beating this stuff. And A, the balancing them and working with them is so time-consuming. Back in the day, I think I did some of the set bonuses for a specific expansion. I can't remember which one, but it took me weeks um, to do. And so they're hard to work with. The ones that we, that we took out are just completely overpowered. Going into Kunark, those ones we, we've talked about putting in the, um, you know, the character, uh, bonus bonuses that are basically the set bonuses that got moved to everyone's character, because that was another thing is, set bonuses were so horrible and terrible we eventually moved them to where everyone had them on their you know on their characters so they didn't have to get them and um but so to do that for kunark they would have to be totally rebalanced so at this point 
I'm not saying no, we'll look at it. We have discussed putting in, you know, the, the character uh, spells and stuff that resemble the set balances. But um, basically we took all the, all the set bonuses out up to level 100 and that was about where we stopped using them. So that's the, okay. the short answer. Well, so <laughs> it kind of leads into Rippet's second question, which is an add-on mm-hmm. to the question above, the, but asking whether or not they'll see set bonuses returning the most crucial expansions, such as ROK and even more TSO. Um, so you kind of answered that question as well. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say no, but at the same time, it's, it's all about, you know, how much time we have um, and what we're working on. We decided that looking through all of those set bonuses from all the way up to Velius, they were extremely overpowered, especially for TLE. I mean, when they were on live, people would go back and just disintegrate the old content. And, you know, they were, it didn't really matter that they were overpowered. Everybody just, you know, and that that's another thing that's like, you know, all that stuff that's in there, that, that that power isn't necessary. Players are already at a point with the current itemization that making anything to stand up to them is just incredibly difficult. It takes hours and hours of, you know, I mean, literally to get it perfect. Like, well, a good example is the avatars. You mm-hmm. know, um, Ninja went on and and held those avatars with players and got got DPS numbers and health numbers and all these things and spent hours, hours trying to get those balanced to where they're actually a challenge. And that is literally what we would have to do with every single mob. And with the set bonuses, it just literally compounds everything, right? It's not mm-hmm. like back, it's not like back in the day where mobs didn't even have buff packages. You know what I mean? Up until Kunark, I mean, we started using buff packages in Kunark, but it was just hit points and stuff like that. And you didn't have situations where the people who had two, three set bonuses were literally 40, 50% more powerful than the people who didn't have them. So they're really super cool in theory, um, getting that extra bonus because you put together um, the sets. But also, we stopped using set bonuses because of that. We, we literally stopped using them because players did not want to upgrade items. So we would put set bonuses on jewelry like we did in, in Velius with Plane of War items and, and Drunder items. And when we go to a new expansion, they don't want to take them off because they don't want to lose their set bonuses. So we ended up at that time, I remember because I did it, we ended up putting in all these extra pieces of jewelry into the set bonuses so that they could have the set bonuses on basically anything they got, which is just completely absurd in the idea of making new content and, and having people, you know, upgrade their items. And a lot of that stuff is what led to expansion 10, where we made a massive jump in power. I think we, I think we literally jumped up like 40% in power so that, Literally, the items that were dropping and the items you were getting from quests and heroics made anything, even with set bonuses, just look insignificant. And honestly, what we should have done is we should have gone back and had one person work on set bonuses for, you know, a couple months and fix those. But at the same time, we truly believe that they're, they're not a good idea for progression and they're not a good idea 
for moving from expansion to expansion. So, and I think saying that they're a massive part of the nostalgia, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I understand why they're saying it, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there isn't anything in EverQuest 2 that we don't do just because we're lazy. We're just like, ah, oh, we're just not going to do that. We put in insane hours to, to keep the game you know, running and try to keep people happy. And we want to do things. We want to make everybody happy, but it's, it's a matter of just, it's time. It's, I hope I, I hope I gave, you know, a good answer on that and a lot of reasons. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's definitely a pretty, pretty encompassing explanation definitely on, on why we've removed those things and what our concerns are and like that we're still considering maybe bringing some back in some way, shape or form. I think that's a pretty descriptive answer. Uh, the final part of Rippet's question is, uh, will we continue to see additional content for TLE such as Avatar? Uh, I think this was a great addition for the TLE. However, to make this more successful and engaging slash fun for the community, the loot should be top tier and uh, in their opinion, properly itemized. A defining mage weapon, for example, should not have scout stats. Yeah. So I'm going to answer that question in multiple, multiple parts. We stopped doing avatars and stuff like that because of that. We felt that it wasn't good gameplay to have the best in slot items on a contested mob that guilds could essentially lock down permanently, which they did. Let me tell you, back in the day, there was guilds like Knee Plus Ultra who had a call list at any time of day or night, and they locked down those avatars even after they didn't need the items, just so other guilds would never see the items. In our opinion, that's just really bad gameplay. So that was where we started moving to where expansion bosses and zone bosses had the best in slot loot in raids and upper tiers and stuff like that, and we went away from contested mobs, which essentially, I mean, even on Kaladim are content for one guild. And so they have all the best items. No one else ever gets them or sees them. The reason that we agreed to put in some of the avatars is, yeah, they are kind of nostalgic. And we made them spawn quicker, hoping that more guilds would have a chance at them. But that's really not the case. Um, There's still one guild monopolizing the avatars on Kaladim. Um, to answer the question, will we be doing more? Probably not. I think that um, we put in, I think we have, how many do we have in now? Five or six? Uh, five, I believe. Yeah. So for the, for, for the current expansion, um, we, we put them in for EOF because there's no raid content for mid content. So on TLE, you have, you have your regular you know, your season of that expansion. And then we have mid content. So for instance, EOF is going to be, or, um, you know, Kaladin is going to be getting a shard of fear and unrest here next week. Um, and there was no raid content. So we put in, we put in those because we wanted, yeah, we put those in because we wanted Raiders to have something to do and we wanted them to create a little excitement. You know what I mean? And, the overall experience with it was not not anything that we enjoyed, so we probably will not be putting in any further avatars. But Runes of Kunark and the next few expansions have raid content um, in the mid content, I believe. Putting hours and hours in for content that only one guild sees is just not 
a good use of our time when we barely have enough time as it is to do all the stuff we have to do for live, for TLEs, for um, we're, we're about to start working on expansion 17 full time. So um, we do have, you know, big GU planned for August, but we'll be working on expansion stuff and trying to keep the TLE, you know, running. And we like for unrest and for shard of fear, we did do balance passes on that stuff. We're not just tossing it out there and, and watching it, you know, vaporize. So, and we'll continue to support Kaladin and support, you know, the expansions that are coming with balance passes. We feel like for Kunark, a better use of our time would be spending a good amount of time um, in Vishen's Peak, which is like the premier raid for that expansion mm-hmm. and making sure, making sure that the, I forget how many raid mobs are in that zone. It's like, 25 raid mobs it's not that many but it's a lot um are balanced and there's some good fights in there and and stuff like that and then we might also look at like veneral sathir and a couple other bosses that we feel you know nostalgically were kind of tough but we feel like our time is better spent um doing a serious pass on vishen's peak so that is the the answer there okay all right i think that's really all the 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 extent of of Ripit's questions. Um, I do think, though, bringing up mid tier, something that has been asked in the Discord quite a bit. Um, are we still doing hunters for the the mid tiers? So we, I believe, we planned out and actually made um, stuff for hunters quests all the way up until Velius. Oh, um, and and Kunark was the first. Hunter's tier, so it will absolutely have Hunter's tier for mid content. Okay. Yeah. So um, the the Hunter's tier for EOF, I'm not a hundred percent sure on. I can't sit here and say you know it's absolutely going in, but we'll 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 definitely check into it. Um, okay. But we did we do have a plan to make um, Hunter's items for for each expansion. So and I know I know for a fact that Kunark's there because we did that on Fallen Gator. Not Fallen Gate. Yeah. Well, whatever the last TLE was before Kaladin. Fallen so that's, Gate. Yeah. So it's actually been implemented um, already. So that one's ready to go. All right. Awesome. Okay. So the next set of questions uh, comes from forum user Eridar. Uh, the very first one, uh, there's a little bit of commentary before it. So I'll read that first and then we'll go into the question itself. Also, thanks, Ripit, for those questions. Uh, hopefully, at least some of your questions were answered. But thanks for submitting them. Eridar asks, is there any cooperation with the EQ1 team when it comes to sharing good features? Here are two major things I would like to see implemented in EQ2 that are available in EQ1. One, the option to filter spell effects to my spells only, group spells, my spells and NPC, etc. It's a better option than the current EQ2 one. And two, can we have the EQ1 loot system, please? It's such a great feature in that game to have the game remember if you want to greed, need, or never loot an item again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, the fair the first question is pretty simple, though, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yes. yeah. There's yes. definitely cooperation between the two teams. Absolutely, um, they talk we, to each we, other. Yeah, we work together. Um, we plan expansions together. We do all sorts of stuff together. We also have a very, and this is not my answer, but just so that people are clear, we have a very fine understanding of what is good for EQ and what is good for EQ2. 
Um, so there's like a lot of stuff we do in EQ2 that will never go to EverQuest. Um, you know, so we, EverQuest is the, is our crown jewel and we do everything we can to protect it. So you, there's a lot of stuff that we do in EQ2, not because we don't love and cherish EQ2, but EQ2 has a different community and a different audience and a different, you know, their overall play style, everything. Um, so there are some things that we've done in EQ2 that people like that we wouldn't put into EQ. But that said, I don't see any reason why we couldn't do that stuff. I think those are actually really good ideas. Um, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm typing it out in an email right now, and uh, we'll we'll discuss it. We'll see if that's something that we could do. I love the idea of being able to have just your spells on and not anybody else's spells. I can't think of whether or not that would be you know, an impossibility because EQ2, EQ2 is so different in the different, you know, code channels in different ways, but um, I actually really like that idea. And the other one, um, they have a little bit more robust, yeah, loot system, which I would love to see in EQ2. So the, the answer is yes, we do communicate. Yes, we do actually look at things that EQ do and consider them for EverQuest 2, and those are both really good ideas. Um, so we'll we'll definitely look into doing that. Um, that's not a yes, we're doing it absolutely, to be clear, but that is a yes, we'll look into it. Awesome. Well, that, that one was pretty simple, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for the suggestions, Eridar. Uh, the third one, since uh, since it looks like we still have a little bit of time within the time frame I'm trying to stick for, for everybody, so they don't just listen to you and I talk for probably way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, Forum user Replay asks, they would like to know if there's any plans to expand on the guild hall amenities and rewards for guild levels past 100 or whatever the level is that stop giving amenity slots. And they have one more portion of their question after that. That. That's a really good question. Um, I think at a certain point, we just kind of ran out of ideas. And so we stopped implementing like different amenities past 100 because we just didn't, we couldn't think of anything that went that we would go, oh, they would really like that or this would be really cool. Or, and since then, we have added a lot of stuff (laughs) since since guild level 100. So um, what I'm going to say is, is if anybody has any really good ideas, um, feel free to PM me on Discord or um, on the forums. A lot of people also have my email. I'm not afraid of you know giving out my email if you have my email. I'm not going to give it out here, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put it on the internet for just anyone to listen to, but right, I'll put it on right, Discord. <laughs> right. Um, but um, a lot of people do know my, if you have some really, really good ideas for guild amenities past 100, I would love to hear about them. Um, yeah. I, I would also say if you don't want to do those in a message using kind of like a tag on your thread on the forums, that says feedback in front of it, kind of in brackets also isn't a bad way. And I can pass those along mm-hmm. to Kyle as well. Yeah. So that's another good way to. So give us the, that the major answer is I would love to hear um, everybody's ideas for guild hall amenities because we've, what are we, I think guilds are at like level 250 or 300 or something, something like now. that. Yeah. And, and it's we'll something just, like that's the cap. 
And what we started doing is putting in the buff banners. You know, you got a better buff banner at each tier, um, which is, you know, a cool amenity, but we haven't added anything since, I want to say, the initial implementation of guild halls. So it's been a while. And totally honest here, we just haven't thought about it. And I know at one point we just kind of ran out of ideas. So feel free to send your guild hall amenity ideas to me, to Dreamweaver, post them on the forums with uh, the feedback tag, whatever it takes. But yes, I would, I'd love to hear your ideas. Okay, awesome. Uh, the next part of their question says, also, I for one loved the arena areas, specifically not the battlegrounds. But mm-hmm. the PvP area is like in module, etc. We held guild free for alls and last man standing challenges, and sometimes just hung out for a change of game pace. Is mm-hmm. there any way to introduce these back into the game, knowing that they can't have battlegrounds back? Uh, they finish it with being a twenty year veteran of EQ and EQ two. I always look forward to veteran rewards, and I was disappointed to see them done away with. Can these be brought right. back? And I feel like we've kind of already answered that to an extent. We did um, for that portion um, of their question. I feel like I feel like while well, that was kind of one long question there, we've <laughs> the arena the arena portion. I th- I think we can answer, but the mm. the veteran rewards. I think we've kind of already addressed the way they were. And Kyle, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong in my okay. understanding of when we've talked about this. But the okay. way they were implemented was kind of one of those things where the implementation of them wasn't quite what we wanted, and that's why we've moved to the loyalty vendor. You weren't required to log in for the veteran rewards. It was just one of those things that gauged the age of your account. Right. So it meant you didn't have to be playing the game to right. actually receive that reward. So someone could have you know, made their account in year one right. and just come back this year and gotten a bunch of things that someone who's been playing you know, dedicated to playing every day right. for the past five years wouldn't get. Uh, right, exactly. It was it was not a super well-implemented system. Um, we believe that, I mean, when you have players, you know, we've been around for 15 years and we have some players who played, you know, for the last 10 years, but they had to wait five years to get the first five years of, uh, you know, of, uh, Veterans. of veteran rewards and stuff like that. So it just, it wasn't a good system. I think we've put most of them on the loyalty merchant now. Like we, like I said, we we try to do something special every year now uh, for our for our anniversary, which is essentially what the veteran rewards were, and we right. make those available to everyone. Yeah. All right. So moving back mm-hmm. to the the previous part of the question, to the arena. How do we feel about arenas? Well, so they're talking, I think, specifically about the arena and Madge Duel which was this crazy system where you played, you know, as alternate characters and it was PVP and you had spells. And that was another implementation of something that wasn't implemented fantastically. And it basically degraded to where it basically became unplayable or yeah, it became, it became literally unplayable. So, um, and our numbers um, which we have, you know, I know it's hard to believe, but we have numbers on use and like how many people use a zone. Like we know exactly how many people used, you know, um, the blinding yesterday, right? Like how many people zoned into it, how many people right. logged into it, how many people just went in and went to another zone. So we know, and the numbers for that feature were never good. It wasn't 
popular. It's, it goes into my answer of I think people think it was cooler than it actually was. There's a lot of that stuff. <laughs> where I mean, I know I know for sure that I I am definitely guilty of doing that until someone mm-hmm. shows me old content. Sometimes where I'm like, "This was such a cool thing, you guys. We should bring it back." And then someone's like, "Here's how it was." I'm like, "Wow, yeah, I don't I don't think I remembered those parts. Never right. mind." Yeah, it had all these issues with. You know, people getting stuck, people like being stuck in the zone, like all kinds of weird stuff. So that specific feature, like the arena, was not actually that popular. It wasn't used very widely by the majority of the player base. It would be, to re-implement it, it would be a lot of work um, for basically gambling that anyone would use it. That's not saying like if we did and it was really awesome, the people wouldn't use it, but... um at this point, it's not on our radar, and we, we and don't it, have any, we don't It kind of goes back that. to the scope thing that we talked right. about last episode. Right. I mean, I know there's a lot of things that if we had the time, resources, people, or any number of yes. other things that go into it, we'd probably at least try and do some new or restructured right. or fixed version of. Right. But we have to, like, you know, we have to sit in a meeting and go, okay, we have these parameters, what can we mm-hmm. do within these parameters? Right. There's only X amount of designers that can ac- actually implement things. I mean, the major the major thing every year is producing content. We try to produce, you know, new content. I saw a question also in there that someone was asking about why aren't there always new quests? Well, you know, we have collection quests and missions and the overseer system and all that stuff was actually put in so that we could implement quest-like type things quickly and with very little work, whereas quests are actually the most time-consuming and difficult thing to do in EverQuest 2. Kathiel, um, Nathan McCall, is a wizard, and he spends two-thirds of his year implementing quests, and and that's that's literally the, the scope of how many quests we can put into EverQuest 2 a year. I don't people if I don't know if people remember, but with Plane of Magic with expansion, I think 15, we put in a bunch of extra quests and a bunch. We had three areas that were giving out quests, and there was a lot more quests than usual. And we actually got more complaints than we did, you know, compliments or hey, this is awesome because we're spreading all of our resources out on more quests, which aren't as high quality or aren't as entertaining or don't have a really cool storyline. Instead of what we would rather do is, you know, focus our time on making a signature line that's really entertaining and really cool and, you know, stuff like that. And then, of course, we put in side quests and other things like that. But the current amount of quests that we produce a year is about, like, what we can do. So, I mean, that's, I know that's a weird answer to what you you were talking about, but like all that stuff kind of wraps up into we we literally have to pick and choose what we can do. We have to pick and choose how much time we can spend doing it. We have a new and a new apprentice guy for mechanics, so we are trying to actually add people to the team so that we can do more. And you know, the upper management is supporting us on that. So yeah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. There's the answers. <laughs> uh, if any of you are still listening at this point in the podcast, which I hope you are, we have our fun question of the week. 
and th- this one comes with a little bit of commentary, uh, oh, Kyle. Boy. Oh, uh, no, no. I, I, commentary to frame the question. So last okay. time we recorded a podcast, yes. it was about 45, 50 degrees outside and pouring rain for <laughs> multiple hours straight. Today, recording our podcast, at least where I'm at, I don't know how warm it is where you are, but it is 97 degrees, humid, and there is not a cloud in the sky. Um, I'm assuming it's at least a little similar where you're at right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like in the 90s, and it's so hot that my dogs won't go outside. Yeah, they're, they're just like, nope. <laughs> they're, they like they like poke their nose out the door, pull it back in. Yeah, they're like, we wanna we wanna lay on the couch where it's cool. <laughs> they're like, I'm out, but thanks. I have a leather couch, and le- you know how leather stays nice and cool. Right. So, and it's like, yes, we let our dogs on the couch. I mean, it's a very durable, very awesome couch, but they, that's where they want to be. They want to be on the, either on the cool tile or the cool couch, right? Yeah, Open up the door to let them out. And they're just like, nope, they went out, did their business and came back in. There's like, nope. Whereas my dogs always want to be outside. So yeah, it's hot today. Yeah. In, my dog is doing the April. exact same thing. He is just... <laughs> Just trying to find whatever tile that is possible for him to lay on. He's completely avoiding all the carpet that mm-hmm. is that is in my apartment. But here's the question. What is your favorite summer pastime? My favorite summer pastime is it's for game, like almost is in the summer. It's gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess mine is too, if I'm realistic I, I about prefer- it. I prefer to be indoors in the air conditioning playing video games. That's my favorite um, summertime pastime. I'm a musician, so like even back in the day, like I spent my summers inside playing music and playing with bands and 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 you know. And <laughs> so I've never I've never been one of those people that wants to go out and do stuff during the summer. I actually prefer like winter, like in Minnesota. That's when I want to go outside and do snowmobiling or ice fishing or I don't ski because I'm not coordinated, but I have done ice skating and some other stuff like that. But as far as summertime, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <mm-mm. laughs> well, I mean, hey, the whole point of this is about being honest. So I'm glad that we're honest about being yeah. able to stay inside and just play video games. Painfully honest, right? This is, this is the... This is the job I've chosen. I mean, awkwardly honest. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes painfully honest, awkwardly honest. It all kind of blends together in one giant soup. Yes, yes, yes. All right. It's totally crazy, though, because like last week it was still kind of raining and cold and like just like. Yesterday. It's going to be 90 plus for like the next 15 days now. So welcome to Southern California, everybody. We're definitely going to experience a drought again. That's that's kind of what happens is is here in Southern California is, you know, you you you, you, you typically don't get a lot of winter weather. Yep. Um, you know, when it rains, it does rain. But I joke with people about living in climate control because, you know, Southern California, especially San Diego, is like 90% of the time it's like between 70 and 80 and sunny and <laughs> and during the summer it does get hot but it doesn't really get that hot like it doesn't get like Arizona hot like Phoenix 
the ninth ring of hell hot, but it gets, you know. I mean, it gets, I don't know if you've been to El Cajon recently, but we hit 110 <laughs> last summer, so I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean. That was not great. It's usually like one or two days out of a, you know, a month that it gets that hot. That is that is true. I used to live somewhere in California that we'll just say is somewhere towards the middle of California mm-hmm. uh, that it used to get like 115 plus for like yeah. a week, week and a half straight, at mm-hmm. least one month out of the year during the summer. Sometimes you'd see that in like June, July, August. And if you got unlucky, September. Yeah. I don't miss that, man. That was that was one of those times where you're like, you as a human being steps outside and you're like, nope, can't survive here. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So, I'm not in. So it's it's 90 degrees here where I am and uh, supposed to be 90 tomorrow and Sunday. And then it's supposed to cool down into the low 80s and then possibly 70s. So what that, which is where it usually is. I right. mean, even for us, May is usually pretty mild. Um, right. This is rare. This that, kind of a warm May. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess yeah, warm well, April. We're April. still in April. Oh my God. Yeah, guys, I don't. I'm gonna be honest. Keeping the days and months accurate right now, they're becoming difficult for me. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I get up. You know, since we're working from home now for the past, I don't want to say how long. It's I don't while. know. Um, I think it's been some sort of length of time. I wake up on Saturdays and go upstairs to go to work. And I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. Right. There's I, no uh, one here for me to talk to. <laughs> I logged in on a Sunday. I think I, I think it was two weeks ago because my brain thought it was Monday. Exactly. And like I got ready. Like I got <laughs> up on time. I was ready to go. And yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, there's no way I don't have a meeting today. That makes no sense. And I had to text somebody and be like, Hey, what time is today's meeting? And they responded like two hours later and they go, no, it's Sunday, please. (laughs) I was like, Oh no, I don't know what days are anymore. Uh, Well, with that awkward note, I think we're done with this week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good a good segue to being to being done. I yes. mean, if nothing else, we're at least consistent. Yes, exactly. Because uh, we could just spend hours talking about stupid stuff. We really could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely could. There's a reason this podcast isn't Kyle and Dreamweaver spend hours talking about stupid stuff. Mostly because no one would listen and no one would get out a kick out of it, except for the two of us. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Once again, I'm Dreamweaver, your community manager. I'm here with Kyle Kander Valley, our creative director, and we'll see you in game. <laughs>